You are listening. You are listening. You are listening to the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. I had one day where I was guiding on, uh, it was during the salmon flies. And um, it was a rainy day. And we started going down in one of my favorite sections. And we get to this, going down the bank, and I look down and I see this robin up on this in this bush, this little overhanging bush, and we uh, it's it's knocking salmon flies out, and these fish are just blowing up on them down below. So we started our day off, we anchored up on that thing, caught a you know like four or five nice fish out of there, and then the weather started started kind of going to shit, and uh, it started just raining like these giant giant raindrops. So we I pulled over because I wanted to you know, wait and let the storm pass so we didn't miss any good water. And these raindrops were just knocking these salmon flies out of the air. And these fish, I just was seeing these giant explosions. And so I just told my guys, I was like, screw this, man, we're going. And we just crushed fish all day. I mean, it was, it was great. I mean, it wasn't, that's not a really like weird story, but it was, it was a pretty memorable day out on the water. Welcome to the Fly Fishing 97 podcast, featuring interviews with passionate people within the fly fishing industry. We focus on guides, conservation, resort managers, gear, and talented fly tires bringing usable information to fly fishers. The Fly Fishing 97 podcast is brought to you by The Fly Crate. Hey everyone, this is Nate from theflycrate.com. I just wanted to thank you again for listening to the podcast. So this is the Mix and Match membership. Just go to our website, theflycrate.com, and navigate to our homepage, and you'll see a, a selection there that says $30 Fly Crate credit. Just select that option and navigate through. Welcome to this edition of the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. Stoked you chose to join us tonight, and we're going to take you out to Idaho, American Falls to be specific. We've got Tanner Lewis on the line. Now, Tanner is a guide at the lodge at Palisades Creek. He spends a lot of time on the South Fork of the Snake River. We got all kinds of ground and water we can cover. Tanner, thanks for doing this, man. Thanks for having me, Mark. So, so talk to me. Uh, we're going to get into your guiding. I know you're uh, just by judging by some of your picks and some of the the fish you're holding up on Instagram and some of your guided trips. Looks like you're getting into some monster bows and browns and. We're going to cover all that, what you're up to, um, kind of when you're not on the water. But I always like to start the show off with a little bit of a kind of a your story, if you will. How did you come to discover fly fishing and walk us down that journey for a little bit? Dude, like, you know, I was born and raised in Missoula, Montana, and, uh, you know, started fishing when I was, I don't even know how old, and, you know, with my dad, and, you know, we started going out on the bitter rut and you know throwing a spinning rod and then it kind of evolved from there as i got older as you know everyone does and started throwing a fly rod and as far back as i can remember and like i remember starting off and you know my dad had three flies it was a stimulator a grasshopper and a parachute atoms and if those three things didn't work then we were that was what we were fishing with you know and um so yeah, you know, my love for fly fishing started at a really early age and uh, it kind of started evolving throughout middle school and high school. And uh, when I was about 15, um, 
I went into the fly shop in Coeur d'Alene when we moved over to there and uh, I dressed in a suit every day and I think I finally bothered Bobby Drummond at Northwest Outfitters enough that he was like, I got to get this kid working. So he just stopped coming in here. (laughs) uh, So I started working there um, at Northwest Outfitters with uh, Bobby and Mike Beard and Josh Seaton, you know, and those guys were all guiding around and, you know, I fell in love with that aspect of the industry. And I knew as soon as I turned 18 that that's what I wanted to do. I just, I knew that was what I wanted. And so worked in the fly shop, um, you know, kind of learned a lot from those guys at an early age. Um, and then turned 18, got my license to guide, and I started guiding up in Coeur d'Alene and uh, mostly doing walk and wave trips. Uh, did a few float trips, you know, on rafts, things like that. And then, uh, yeah. Hey, you got to you, you tell me what's this. That? What's the deal with the suit? I mean, so you, <laughs> you say you're going into the fly shop. <laughs> Every day wearing a suit. I, you got to dial me in. What What's that about? <laughs> I was like, you know, it was my first job. It was, you know, I was like 15 years old. I was like, oh, shit, how do I, how do I dress for, you know, a job interview every day that I keep going into and talking to these guys to try to get a job? And I guess nowadays if I came in wearing a fly fishing T-shirt and a hat, walked into a fly shop and asked for a job that's probably the look i should go for but at that age i was like well i need to wear slacks and a button-up t-shirt and a tie and go in here and ask these guys for a job (laughs) i love it i love it you know what that shows if nothing else shows a lot about your personality it sounds like you're very persistent when you know what you want you go get it i do man i've I've got it i've got a hard head (laughs) so (laughs) i I, when i want it i get it (laughs) Talk to me about try to get it. talk to me about who influenced you. So if you had to pick a few, um, whether it's other guides or maybe some of the people you worked with early on, or maybe it's even somebody you're working with now, who's kind of mentored you a little bit along the way, and who, where would you say you've drawn most of your kind of knowledge, or kind of just like a sponge soaked it up? You know, um, uh, early on guiding, um, I would definitely say, you know, like Mike Beard and Josh Steeden up in Coeur d'Alene. Um, when I turned 21, um, that's when I came down to the Lodger Palisades Creek on the South Fork of the Snake. I'd never, ever, ever fished that river before in my life, um, before I started working down here. And when I got down here, um, you know, our head guide, Jason Pruitt, um, Josh Hylison, Cole Sutimer, um, some of those guys, those, you know, I emulated my whole guide career out of what I had learned from all of those individuals and how their styles of teaching and coaching and, you know, I would go down the opposite side of the river with them, you know, down a down on the same section of the river and I fished the opposite bank and the whole time I was fishing the opposite bank I was looking over my shoulder and watching what those guys were doing hmm 
That's pretty cool. I, I think it's, you know, it's so important as fly fishers, as we kind of develop and find our, you know, kind of hone our craft to have those people in your life. Like talk, talk to me about how important that is in your mind, Tanner, to have, no doubt. you know, what is it? What is it? I mean, let's put it this way. It's one thing to watch YouTube and see other people do it, but when you're actually spending time on the water, it is different, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I average guiding around a hundred and 40 plus days a year on the South Fork. Um, and to be able to have somebody in your corner where, you know, you can go in the morning and go, you know, hey, like, man, I, yesterday was the shits, dude. Like, I don't know what I was doing, what was going on, you know, what were you throwing or what, you know, things like that. Just that guide talk, you know, that you got from, other individuals that have been around and, you know, you can learn from and take that information and go and make your day just as good as theirs, you know? And that's what I love about that community and that camaraderie between, you know, where I work is such a special place, man. You know, I've been here, I've been on the South Fork at the Lodge of Palisades Creek for 10 years now. And the, group of guys that we've got we all talk to each other we all do that and so everybody can gain information from you know different points from each other and it's huge it's awesome and you might learn something from someone who just came into the game that's been fishing for two years you know yeah they did something different yeah i totally agree with that it's 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 not always the number of years you know what i mean we all bring i find that you know where i really find that tanners when i watch different people tie flies you know like you think you have all you know you have these these systems these ideas these ways that you're tying and all of a sudden you watch somebody do something that just revolutionizes your tying and a lot of times i find it's somebody that's only been doing it for a couple years and i'm like how did i miss that no doubt Hmm. no doubt let, I want to take some uh, some time to get to know you off the water. You ready for a few random questions that really don't have a lot to do with anything? Hit me. Okay, talk talk to me about tunes. So when you're driving in your truck or you're heading out to uh, to launch, you know, on the snake, what are you listening to on the way to the water? What kind of music? Uh, most likely Lil Wayne, Eminem, Travis Scott, something like that. Um, if I really need to get pumped up and get going, um, I'll listen to a little motivation from CT Fletcher, bodybuilder. Um, (laughs) my girlfriend hates it. (laughs) Mixing it up a bit. But, oh yeah. But yeah, that's pretty much what I'm rocking, man. And you you spend a lot of time at at the gym too? Yeah, every day. Yeah. What was today? Was today leg day? Uh, today was chest. Leg day is Sunday. Uh, what's your least favorite day? Or you just Maybe. like <laughs> you just like them all? <laughs> I do. I yeah. I kind of like them all, man. That's cool. That's <laughs> leg cool. day is probably not the best day, but yeah. One go-to fly pattern you can't live without. So if you're hitting your favorite stretch of water on the snake or what, whatever system you happen to be on, if you had to pick one, what are you reaching for? Oh man. I want to say a pink worm, but that's not going to be my (laughs) answer. (laughs) People might scoff at that. Um, You know, I'd probably throw, uh, 
probably throw a streamer, man, like a circus peanut. Yeah, yeah, that one pretty comes, good go to. That comes up a lot, actually. Favorite? Yeah, you know that's a good all around. What color? Mm, olive. Mm, yeah, can't go wrong there. Talk to me about your favorite place to talk fishing. So if you're not in your waders and you want to get your fix when you're not on the water, like is there a coffee shop or a, you know, a local brew pub, a um, fly shop, water and hole, where do you get your fix? Just talking fishing. Um, yeah, I mean, typically all my, you know, all my conversations about fishing is in the parking lot after guiding with the guides you know or in the morning hanging out bullshitting you know that's pretty much where i get 95 percent of my fix on mm-hmm. talking talk to me about sports are you, are you a boise state guy or are you you know college pro hockey where, where do you get your fix in sports uh, i like sports um i you know i've watched I'm a, i've been a patriots fan for like my whole life yeah um and uh, so I, I follow them. Um, I'm a big hockey guy. I, I like. I really actually just enjoy watching hockey in general. I really don't care who's playing. Um, hmm. What do you think about so your Patriots? My... What do you think about your Patriots this year? They're yeah, they're going through some, <laughs> some growing pains. They got some growing pains, you know, but that's to happen. And uh, you know, Brady and Belichick were unstoppable and. You know, I still like watching him play with Gronk and Tampa Bay, but, you know, mm. yeah, as you, Patriots are going to be just fine. They just need a little bit of time to get going. Yeah. Bill will find a way. He always does. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He'll just cut the sleeves off another sweater and get going. <laughs> I, love, I love that. <laughs> Biggest lesson. If you had to uh, pull, like, a, a lesson that you'd learned on your fly fishing journey thus far, can you distill it down to a single takeaway? I know that's a big question. It is, and that's something that I've been thinking about a lot. And uh, honestly, I think that the biggest lesson that I think that I've learned um, my years on the water is just to try to stay as humble as possible, you know? it's You, you, you might think, you know, you got your shit figured out and then you get out on the water and you're getting your ass kicked, yeah. you know? Yeah. So it's, I think that the more humble you can be on the water and appreciate what you've got in front of you, um, every day is, is the best. Yeah. I think that's very true because it, let's face it, it can be super humbling. I don't care how good you are, how many years you've been doing it. If you're a professional guide or you're on a fly fishing, you know, national team, you're going to have those days where it's not as easy. Mother nature's got a funny way of like, yeah, I'll show you. It does. Yeah. I mean, any, at any moment. Fill in the blank for me, and I think I might know where you're going with this, but when you're not fly fishing, you're usually doing what? Going to the gym, shooting my bow, or um, if it's September, I'm in the woods hunting elk. How was hunting season this year for you? It was good. Um, Ended up getting an elk, um, so that was nice. I actually got some back straps thawing out right now for dinner. So it was great. 
is that um is that be like five point or greater is that season there is it any bull how does that work yeah so what we do is um in idaho you get a for the archery tag um you get a month-long season of any sex uh for your archery and then if you don't harvest during that month then you get a late cow tag um with any weapon so and that goes for a week Mm, nice so you, your uh, elk population is fairly healthy in, in the state of Idaho? We do, yeah. There's certain places that have uh, lower counts, but, yeah, they're, as far as, you know, northern and southern Idaho, it's got some decent elk numbers. So, Do you tie with the elks that you harvest? So if you if you shoot a bull or cow or whatever, do you use the hide yeah. at all? Um, I have used that before, yes, I have. Hmm. Yeah, I'm always curious because I, I talk to a lot of people that hunt and I'm just always curious if you kind of recycle the whole, you know. It's kind of cool when you can use, you know, if you're going to harvest an animal, you might as well use it all, right? Yep, exactly. That's the way to go. Best job you've ever had. Are you doing it right now or is it maybe something you've done in the past or something you're going to do in the future? If you had to say your best job, are, are you living it? I am. Every day. That's cool. This is it. yep i love my job it's amazing how many people i talk to in this uh guiding kind of resort industry that say exactly that no this is it this is as good as it's got so yeah nothing wrong with that couldn't picture myself anywhere else how many years you've been guiding now um going on 13 oh yeah yeah that's that's a lot of trips any, if you had to tell um, a wannabe guide out there, if you're getting into guiding, you need to know this. What would you tell them? Persistence. Hmm. You know, just stay, stay with it. I mean, the the one thing that you know I see a lot is like you know people wanting to come in and just do trips and be thrown into it right off the bat you know and it's you know everyone wants that but you know you gotta earn your stripes Mm -hmm. as far as it goes with you know like there's a lot that goes into it you know like learning the there's so much you can learn from standing in the fly shop in the morning listening to guides talk about what's going on what flies are happening you know when you learn that and get a good base it's just the same with anything else, you know, that you're going to do in life. You got to, you got to build from the bottom and work your way, work your way up. And as long as you keep that, you know, goal in mind and that mindset of, you know, I might have to do this for a year or I might have to do this for two years or, you know, and get 10 trips my first year, 20 trips my next year, or 30 trips, you know, and then you just build and build and you keep learning, constantly learning. Mm-hmm. Just different layers upon layers, right? Yeah, for sure. Hmm. Yeah. Best fly fishing location you've been, and I don't want you to give away your secrets on this, like, uh, you know, a certain spot of a certain river that you may or may not want to talk about, but if if you had to take kind of a look back at your fly fishing journey thus far, is there somewhere maybe outside your state you're like, wow, this was amazing, or anything come to mind? Um, there are for sure, you know, I've done a couple saltwater trips that have been 
pretty rad. Um, did did some Makos on a flight a couple of years ago, and that was definitely a trip that I would love to come back and get back to. But um, you know, really, what it comes down to, like what I think about a lot when I my past fishing experiences have been right in my backyard. Yeah. Well, I, I, I love the, Idaho is great. The fish that you're chasing, some of those browns, I, I looked at some of the pics you posted <laughs> the last little bit on Instagram, and there's some monster browns there. You know, and that fishery down on the main snake below American Falls um, is something that I've been really kind of working on the last few years with um, promoting and things like that. And uh, our permits allow us, so we only guide on the Snake River. Um, we've got about 70-plus river miles from the Palisades Dam um, down through Idaho Falls and then down to Massacre Rocks, which is um, kind of down by Twin Falls area. And uh, that fishery below American Falls Reservoir is got to be one of the most up-and-coming tailwater fisheries in the lower 48 for sure hmm. yeah it's unreal well while we're going down that road let's let's go there we're chatting tonight with tanner lewis now tanner is out of american falls idaho he's a guide at the lodge at palisades creek spends a lot of time on the south fork of the snake river talk to us about that fishing the species you're targeting the type of water it is it, you know the type of uh, insect hatches you're seeing Walk us through, uh, you know, a typical, I, I mean, I'm sure there's no one day is kind of your norm. I'm sure it, it varies uh, season to season, but walk us through that a little bit. Yeah. Um, so, you know, on the South Fork, um, where it's, it's, when that thing is going off, it's the best, it's the best dry fly fishery you could possibly dream up. Um Typically, that season is about the third third week of June um, and then goes through July and in August and uh, for for the, you know, really good dry fly fishing. And, uh, you know, when that's happening, man, it is, it's insane. Typical water flows about that time of year are about 14,000 to 16, 17,000 CFS mm -hmm. um, at that time. And so, you know, you're pounding banks with 2X leader throwing a big, some big dry fly, big salmon fly, big golden stone for the most part. And you're putting it in two inches from the bank and just twitch it out and hang tight. It is, it's unreal. You're fishing. <laughs> Go for it. I was just going to say, are you, are you walking, waiting at all or is this is this mostly drift boats it's i would say it's about 85 percent uh drift boats so we only we we always float um that's our that's the that's the program we do um we've got four sections on the south fork that we fish religiously and um each section typically varies from 15 miles to 17 miles long um, so we're floating a lot, uh, there, we do get out on, you know, gravel bars and wade riffles and flats and things like that. Um, throwing little dries and such. Um, 
but my favorite my favorite stuff to do out there is you know when it's high water fishing fishing those shallow flats for those big nasty browns and those undercut banks and things like that and it's a, it's a special place hmm. you throw any mouse patterns for those guys um you know i have a couple times um you know at night yeah going down there but the water the, the south fork is just such a big big river for the most part and it's pretty inaccessible um without a drift boat for most of the for most of the river yeah when the water gets lower you can wade around and um get through and do okay in some spots but it's primarily fished out of a boat now the totally freestone or describe the you know the the river bottom what what kind of uh insects we're looking at yeah, and, free, and, and sorry yeah freestone uh it's tailwater so you know we've got uh it's kind of special because in our reservoir, um, in Palisades Reservoir, which feeds the South Fork, um, we've got mysis shrimp, um, which come out. And so, hmm. you know, that first little bit, you know, a thousand yards below the dam there, um, we're able to throw those little shrimp patterns. Um, and I mean, you can absolutely hammer fish um, certain times a year down below the dam there um and then as far as other insects goes you know we go we've got a really really awesome uh hatch of salmon flies golden stones yellow sallies green drakes um pmds those all come off you know in the springtime and they'll kind of hatch throughout july um and then epic pmds throughout the summer and then what's really cool um later in the year in about september end of august we get a mutant stone hatch and so it's a basically it's a golden stone and the males don't develop a wing and so what what you do is you can get out there you know oh dark 30 and start fishing right before the sun starts coming up and you just twitch a big dry fly through five six inches of water and these fish are just explosive on those bugs and so that's one of my favorite hatches to go and fish on the south fork is the mutant stone hatch hmm. what's the accommodation like there i know you guys have right at the lodge there at palisades creek i, I was checking it out online looks like a pretty nice spot yeah it's awesome so the lodge sits um, right on Palisades Creek, um, and then we've got property that bumps up right alongside the South Fork there. We're at the confluence, and uh, we've got, I think, 23 acres, um, 10 cabins, a dining room. Um, we've got a little liar's den that everyone can go and have cocktails in and tell fish stories at the end of the night, um, and our fly shop is just right above that. It's an awesome place. You know, we've won Lodge of the Year um, a few times, Orvis Lodge of the Year, and it's a great, it's a great, great place to be and hang out and hang your hat after a day of fishing. Um, Justin Hayes is the general manager of the lodge, and I can't say enough good things about him. And when you come and stay there, you'll you'll know. Hmm. He's just the most friendly person and 
<laughs> you know, exciting to be around. It sounds like a piece of heaven there. You know, you just the way you're describing that sounds like a beautiful kind of sprawling property, nice place to stay, great food, fly shop. Yeah. Right near the river. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> and every, every single person that works there fishes. So yeah. you can talk to anybody on that property about your day and they'll relate. That's good stuff. Good stuff. I want to get it um, kind of back to your your day to day on the water, um, and this is a question I always like to ask my guest Tanner, and that's describe your perfect day. And I always like asking guides that question because you're always kind of seeing the water through somebody else's eyes, trying to provide them with that perfect experience. But I want to know your perfect experience. This isn't for anybody else but you. What does that look like? Um, walk us through it the time of day or or evening that you're out there what are you chasing uh walk us through your your perfect picture and you want like a personal day yeah exactly that's exactly what i want like your personal perfect day out there just um (laughs) describe it my my personal perfect day on the on the river is uh probably starting at like nine o'clock, not super early, mm-hmm. get behind the crowd and just, you know, hanging out with like my buddies or, you know, my girlfriend on the water and just doing what, I, you know, getting to do what I, you know, I wouldn't call it work, but just, you know, what I get to show people every day, getting, getting to do it for myself for a day and be able to get back to, you know, why I did this in the first place, why I started doing this in the first place and Mm -hmm. rekindle that, you know, little spirit inside of you. And because, you know, that's, I don't really get to fish that much. And, you know, so when I do get to get out on the water, it's very relaxing. And I, you know, I'm happy with like three or four fish. And yeah, how, how, how important is that? How important is that as a guide that, you know, you're out there all the time, like, and, you know, when you do it for a living, how important is it to get that personal time and, like you said, kind of reconnect? I think it's very important. Um, You know, there's, there's, there's lots of times, like, when I get off the water that I'll go and um, just go down at the below you know we're at the lodge property and go walk down to the river and we've got a pretty awesome little run right there and i'll go down there and fish for you know half an hour just to either clear my head or just you know take a little bit of what was going on during the day and get myself a little fix you know i think it's very important yeah is there anything you'd like to see us do a little differently in fly fishing and I'm sure you probably have some good insight on this because you see a lot of people come through, uh, through your state, through your river systems. Uh, is there anything you see out there that you think, well, maybe we could do that a little better? Um, you know, not really. Um, I think that, I think that the way that the industry is going, um, with sources like Instagram, um, you know, Facebook or whatever, I think that that is getting younger generations 
inspired and giving them something else that they're like, wow, that looks, that looks rad. You know, there's like cool gear and like that people are wearing like different logos, things like that. Um, people are catching fish, being out there and doing that. I think that that is, uh, I don't think that I would change anything. I think that that the way that everything's going is fitting for the time that we're at right now in this, Mm-hmm. in this sport yeah i think it's i think everything that i can think of i thought about that and you know i think it was i think that we're great i think it's going well I, that's a great answer because I, I i agree with you i think things you know there's there's lots of stuff going on with conservation there's um there's a real big movement getting i think a lot of people new into the sport that are uh, you know maybe the younger generation uh, maybe some people that traditionally weren't fly fishing and just uh, more of an inclusive, you know, kind of uh, outlook. And I, I, I agree with you hundred percent. I think things have, have never looked so good. And um, it's guys like yeah. yourself that are willing to share that knowledge that are going to bring up the next generation. Right. You know, and I had, uh, I guided a younger uh, kid today and, you know, he was, he's like 18 and is just absolutely geeked out over everything, you know? And yeah, I know that, you know, when I see guys like, you know, young kids like that or whatever, and I can put them on fish and make them just completely go out of this world. And they're just so stoked, you know? Yeah. I never, you know, like growing up, you know, I never, I've, I've, I've been on two guided trips my whole entire life, you know, and I never did that when I was growing up. And, you know, to be able to share that with, you know, in my profession to younger kids, I just look at myself when, you know, I think about like how they're, tra- how they're feeling. And mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, that, that would be awesome. You know? Yeah. That's inspiring. What an awesome experience. It's infectious too, like you say, when you get somebody that's just kind of everything's new and it's eyes wide open, and you're just—I'm sure yeah. as a guide, that's uh, something you you really like to see. Yeah, and that's the best. That is the best. Yeah. Talk to me about gear. So, um, your day to day on the snake, uh, drifting your you know your stretches. What kind of rods are you throwing? Talk to me about brands that you like personally to use. Uh, talk to me about the length of the rods, the weight of the rods. Uh, dial me in on, on yeah. the lines you're throwing as well, if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're Orvis endorsed. So we fish a lot of Orvis rods. Um, I throw all my client rods are the Orvis Recon rods. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've got five weights and six weights that's that's typically what we're throwing all year round nine foot nine and a half foot rods um typically throwing four or five weights um through the ripples things like that you know when you're throwing those smaller bugs but most of the fishing is with a six weight you know and i use a lot of the um, new orvis lines that they've got you know since they've got scientific angler on their backs right now um, mm-hmm. that they're using and so their lines are great um and yeah we're throwing all orvis gear um throwing 
for a lot of our big dries, you know, 2X or 3X to the big dries and 4X to the droppers or 3X to the droppers, depending on the time of year. Mm-hmm. That's something that where yeah, I'm yeah. at, we don't get to fish droppers. So I always like hearing hearing those that can talk about it. Like in, in British Columbia, <laughs> where I'm at, you can't do that. Um, but you can in other provinces or in other states, obviously. So I, that, I always think I have enough of a hard time watching one fly. You put another one on there, it could be, <laughs> it could get scary. Yeah. We throw the man chisel out here. It's uh, the dry with two droppers. Wow. Hmm. So <laughs> yeah, what do you, that's, the, that's a pretty goat. What are those coming goat. off? Are those coming off rings or swivels or? No, just uh, tying straight off the bend of the hook and then okay. going going down from there. We use a lot of like, uh, you know, those like barblets, like tactical hooks and stuff like that. So just yeah. tying off the eyelets down to the bottom, yeah. two nymphs and things like that. Yeah, well, that's cool. That way you can cover. And let's face it, anytime, it's one thing to know a hatch is going on, but sometimes you're not always sure this life yeah. cycle, the stage that they're taking it at, you know? Yeah, for sure. And like, you know, when you're going down the river drifting for most of the day, you know, you're hitting banks and things like that. And so, you know, you you got to just give them a little variety, a little buffet line, and some mm-hmm. homie in the back might be crushing them on one bug and i always like to have different you know different stuff out unless until you know one of the flies are just absolutely destroying and then you go to that on both fronts and you're good to go all day if you were going to book a trip tomorrow like online or over the phone um, call up the lodge and say hey um what's the best time of year to come well if you had to pick your spots uh, what would you recommend I would say the first week of July for the South Fork and any time in November for the Main Snake. See, that's a nice spread out season because not everybody gets the, that opportunity for, for such a long season. Yeah, you know, I guide, uh, I, I think I didn't run trips one month last year. So, I mean, basically from February till you know hmm. march february till december it's you know this fishery these fisheries down here will fish which is crazy and like you know that 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 stuff down um below american falls it's peak season doesn't even start till end of october that's when the most epic trout fishing gets going yeah is that when the browns really get big too yeah, so, I mean, you can, so what happens down there is that in the summertime, the flows come way up, um, mm-hmm. the water temps get warm, and that fishery turns into an epic smallmouth bass fishery. Uh-huh. And so those those fish, you know, they're all, you're, you're going to stay, you're going to get, you can still get big browns and rainbows every occasionally while you're stripping streamers for bass down there, um, but when the what happens down there is in the wintertime, they lower the flows super, super low. So like seven, eight, 900 CFS. So it becomes, it kind of just funnels all of these, you know, fish into these big fissures because it's all basalt bottom down there. And so 
so these these troughs and fissures that you're fishing between these basalt shelves and it just kind of channelizes all these fish into these little slots and so you're 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 targeting you know your success rate goes way up when you're not fishing it at 25,000 cfs oh yeah yeah well they got time to see it too right <laughs> yeah for sure for sure yeah uh, talk to me about your Instagram account. Uh, if somebody wants to follow along on some of your uh, your journeys on the uh, South Fork of the Snake, where do they find you on on Instagram or Facebook or any of your social media? Yeah, so I uh, mostly do Instagram, and it's uh, River Rat 208 and uh, Tanner Lewis. There's some underscores in That's the River Rat. Fun. Yeah, I think it's uh, river underscore rat underscore 208. Talk to me about the hats you had uh, made up, because those look pretty sweet, too. I know you were selling a few of those online. Uh, you still got some of those somebody could reach out for? I do, yeah. I have a, I've got quite a few. I've got the camo ones and the uh, burnt orange ones, and I'm working on some shirts, some, like, sun shirts uh, this winter. It's kind of a little little side hustle that I, mm-hmm. you know, drew up one night and I was like, yeah, that would be kind of cool on a, on a hat or whatever. I got some decals on my boat, so. Cool. So I'm best with, did you just look <laughs> you up on Instagram, shoot you a message? Yeah, yeah. It, everything's on there and, uh, I can, uh, do, I just do like Venmo over that and, uh. Cool. Um, if you want anything, let me know. Yeah, that's that's cool, man. I I, I I so much appreciate you taking the time today. Uh, but before we let you go, I always like to kind of finish with this one question, and this goes a lot of ways. But uh, have you had anything crazy happen to you in your time on the water or weird that maybe you'd like to share with us on a, either a guided trip or personal time? Oh, gosh, I'm trying to just, like, go through the, through the bank. Well, all right, I'll, I'll give you a little... I had one day where I was guiding on, uh, it was during the salmon flies and, um, it was a rainy day and we started going down in one of my favorite sections and we get to this going down the bank and I look down and I see this Robin up on this, in this bush, this little overhanging bush. And we, uh, it's, it's knocking salmon flies out and these fish are just blowing up on them down below so we started our day off we anchored up on that thing caught a you know like four or five nice fish out of there and then the weather started started kind of going to shit and uh it started just raining like these giant giant raindrops and so we i pulled over because i wanted to you know wait and let the storm pass so we didn't miss any good water and these raindrops were just knocking these salmon flies out of the air and these fish, I just was seeing these giant explosion. And so I just told my guys, I was like, screw this, man, we're going. And we just crushed fish all day. I mean, it was, it was great. I mean, it wasn't, that's not a really like weird story, but it was, it was a pretty memorable day out on the water. (laughs) Sounds amazing. Sounds amazing. Well, Hey man, listen, are you heading out tomorrow guiding or have you, uh, have you got some time off? No, yeah, I got trips uh, the next couple days, and uh, yeah. 
Well, I wish you luck out on out on the water. Thanks so much for taking the time. Uh, we've been chatting tonight with Tanner Lewis out of American Falls, Idaho. I don't know what it is about Idaho, Tanner, but the last few shows, I, I, I keep coming back to your state. So I know you got some amazing fishing. Uh, he is at the uh, Orvis Endorsed uh, Guide at the lodge at Palisades Creek. They uh, specialize on the south fork of the Snake River. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast tonight. Mark, thanks for having me, buddy. The Fly Fishing 97 podcast is brought to you by theflycrate.com. Thank you for listening to the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. Your feedback matters. Let us know if there's a person or topic you'd like discussed. Email us at mark at flyfishing97.com. Until next time, tight lines, and we'll see you on the water. Mm-hmm.